0: What exactly is a breaking point? How does it break? When? According to my last girlfriend Maria, her breaking point came when I spent an entire week in my bathrobe. But how could I have contributed to such an event? Could I have done anything to prevent it? Probably not. I asked myself these questions as Maria demanded that I pack my things and leave her loft. What does it take for an average person to reach a breaking point? What about a close-knit community? A small town? Why would you listen to a podcast about other people's suffering? Do you, like, get off on that? Are you some sort of twisted freak? Seriously, answer that last question first, and then go back to the first ones. My name is Rutherford Winchester, and this is the Salmonville Letter Writer. Two months ago, the residents of Salmonville, a small, rural town in the northeast of Rhode Island, were thrust into the New England news cycle for the first time in over 40 years. What you're about to hear is an excerpt from a recording of the town reverend, Christopher Malconi, delivering a sermon that would reopen decades-old wounds for the town. Good morning, my flock. I wish I were here this morning under better circumstances but yesterday afternoon I received a letter from an unidentified person, perhaps someone sitting in this very church. The letter outlined my deepest sin, one I believe to be a secret. Today, with the eyes of God watching, I confess to you. The sermons I deliver each week to the people of Salmonville are not mine. I have routinely plagiarized others' work and passed it off as my own in these hallowed halls. For example, that sermon from last week was actually just lyrics from a little-known song by the alternative rock band Radiohead. I spoke to Bridget Penderson, a member of the Salmonville congregation who was there for the sermon.
1: It was really shocking, you know? I mean, it really did hurt. We don't listen to that type of stuff around here. We're hard-working folk, not some kind of d-
0: but the members of the Salmonville congregation wouldn't even have time to react, as Reverend Malconi had already taken off his shirt and begun to flail himself with a whip. People of Salmonville, I beg for your mercy. God, Thom, if you're even still listening, I will make this right. Oop, ah, oh, shit, ah, come on, oh, God damn it! Malconi was in his 80s and did not possess the upper body strength to flail himself.
1: It was really sad. Eventually, a guy in the front row got up and started whipping Malcone for him.
0: Ah! Oh! Oh, thank you, David, really! Oh!
1: Oh! 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 I didn't like seeing him getting hurt, but I was pretty pissed about the radio head thing, so I didn't try to intervene.
0: Malcone's legs would eventually buckle under the pressure of the pain, and he would collapse to the ground. A marble statue of Jesus that had not been properly reinforced fell on top of him, killing him instantly. He was 84. Randy Peterson, lead investigator of the Salmonville
2: PD. Well, I was actually at the end of an overnight shift when I got called over to the church. Overnights are usually pretty easy in a town like this. Things are quiet, but that night had been pretty difficult for me on a personal level. I got dispatched to a routine noise complaint. Turns out the noise was coming from my ex-wife's new place that she shares with her girlfriend. They were clearly caught up in their mutual passion for each other and didn't realize how much noise they were making. I looked inside the house and it seemed they had just installed a new swing for sexual purposes. I'd never seen her look so happy. So anyway, when I get to the church, I notice a letter next to Malconi's corpse. I was looking to notice anything with how loud those kids were crying. (laughs) Everyone in the church was just standing around while the reverend bled out. I couldn't wrap my head around that. Then it hit me. I'm in Salmonville. These people are fucking
0: morons. The letter Investigator Peterson found was written by the Salmonville Letter Writer, an unidentified person whose threatening letters sent the town into a years-long spiral back in 1973. Up to this point, the letter writer had not been heard from
2: since 1985. How did I know it was the Salmonville Letter Writer? Well, they signed it, the Salmonville Letter Writer. That's their M.O.
0: Who was the Salmonville Letter Writer? Why are they returning now? Where am I gonna sleep tonight? I knew I had to find answers. I called my boss, Jack Kamuchi, who had actually left me a few voicemails the day before.
3: Yeah, hey, Rutherford. I just got your expense report. You know that a Nintendo Switch isn't a business expense, right? You have to know that. Hey, Rutherford, Uh, Jack again. Look, we know you lied on your resume. Hey, Rutherford. Please
4: call me back. We just found a dead mouse in your desk at work. Doesn't seem like it died of natural
3: causes. Give me your ring.
0: It took some sly convincing on my part, but I convinced Jack to send me down to Salmonville on assignment.
4: (laughs) I'm such an idiot. Just let me go to Salmonville. (laughs) Listen, Rutherford. Your dad runs the company i'm obviously not going to fire you i'm just saying that you need to
0: learn to cohabitate with people i just booked a room for you in salmonville please don't make me regret it jack loved the pitch i was on my way to the faraway land of rhode island a place i had only just learned was an american state isn't that ridiculous but anyway on the drive there i had no idea what was going to happen next all i knew was that i had a new gig a new car and I felt free. Rutherford, I remember I the moment I first entered the small town of Salmonville. There were remnants of trees long withered away by the chemicals in the air from the town nuclear plant. There was a strange sort of beauty to the town, but at the same time it felt... off. Eerie even. I immediately felt like the people in town did not trust me. Excuse me, sir. I'm a, I'm a little lost. Sorry. Uh, could you point me in the direction of the Salmonville Inn? Motherfucker, you just hit my cat with your car! I'm gonna fucking kill you! Alright, calm down, man. Relax. It's safe to say I didn't receive a warm welcome from Salmonville. But after settling into my hotel room, I was off to the races with my first interview, longtime town historian Lester Stanby.
5: Yeah, I've lived in Salmonville my whole life. They let me uh, design my own major over at the community college. So I, I pretty much made the history of this town my life's work. Uh, anyway, you uh, you drink, and I just opened a new bottle of scotch. This shit rips. <clears throat>
0: Lester and I talked about the history of Salmonville for as long as his words made sense. After he passed out, I hid his car keys and took some books from his office so I could fill in the rest of the blanks. Now what was Salmonville like before the letter writer? Was it as peaceful as it seemed? Or were there already secrets boiling beneath the surface? Now Salmonville, like all towns, has its small claims to fame. During Prohibition, The town was a frequent stopping point for Danny Falcone, a prohibition runner with ties to the Italian Mafia. Falcone would later become known as the Butcher of Northern Rhode Island after confessing to 45 mob-sanctioned hits on his deathbed. He was actually briefly featured in Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, but his character was cut out in post for quote, being too racially insensitive. Salmonville was also the birthplace of Dr. Jackson Hemmingstone, the first doctor to have claimed to cure polio at a press conference in 1950. Today, citizens of Salmonville, I can announce to you that I have concluded that there is indeed a cure to polio. Sir, what is the cure exactly? Will it be easily accessible to the public? Well I haven't gotten that far yet, but I'll be sure to let you know. Salmonville was also the birthplace of noted voice actor Langston Conway, who was the first voice of Kermit the Frog in a much darker, unaired pilot of The Muppet
2: Show. It's The Muppet Show with me, your pal Kermit. But before we get started, do any of the kids in the audience have any heroin for your old pal Kermit?
0: The show was later retooled and Langston was recast. I knew a little bit about Salmonville now, but how did it all start? I asked Lester
5: Stanby. Now, uh, Salmonville is actually one of the earliest settlements in Rhode Island. The funny thing is that the ship was never supposed to reach the New World at all. In fact, the, the only passengers on the ship were violent offenders uh, being shipped off to a different part of Europe uh, to be executed. The town they were coming from had used their guillotine so much that the that year that the, uh, the blade was almost completely dull. So the ship they were on actually had the name... Uh, Death Valley or I don't know. One of the men
0: aboard Death Valley was thrice convicted murderer and extortionist Chesterfield Chaney. On the third day of their voyage, Chesterfield led a prisoner mutiny on board, killing the captain and most of the crew. The crew members that survived were forced to start an improv troupe that the prisoners could watch and enjoy on their downtime. Now it's not proven, but many believe that the yes and improv technique was created aboard the Death Valley. Chaney commandeered the ship and rerouted towards the New World. One of the first ships to land in Rhode Island, Cheney marched his settlers to the northernmost point in the state and began to set up Salmonville.
5: So, uh, Cheney gets his people and he starts a settlement up in Rhode Island. Now, uh, uh, Cheney suffered from uh, alcoholism, cheers, and uh, night tears from the crimes he committed back in England. Once he reached the new land, he became convinced that he could speak with God and his father just sort of went, went along with it on the first night at the settlement uh Cheney began to uh speak in tongues uh when he, when he came out of the trance he told his settlers that he had spoken to God uh who told Cheney that his town was to become the hotbed of salmon fishing in the new world uh God also said that the town must be named Salmonville
0: Salmonville was not located within 10 miles of any body of water, let alone a body of water that contained salmon. Some of the townsfolk genuinely believed that Chaney could speak to God, but others felt that his penchant for eating raw squirrel meat led to a slow physical and mental breakdown. Over the next year, Chaney would further divide the new settlement. Some excerpts from his journal dated 1637. Day 15. God keeps telling me to kill my older brother. He's got better
6: goats than I do. Day 31, just realized I was mixing up salmon with deer. There's so many deer around here but all we have to hunt are fishing rods. Day 31, I miss my brother and I forgot to feed his goats. Day 31, people are starting to starve to death I keep telling everyone that God chose them to die because they're not as strong as we are. It's mostly kids and old people dying anyway. Day 31. Try as I might, I cannot count higher than 31.
5: Now, uh, Cheney was not a, a capable man, but what he lacked in capability, he made up for... With indiscriminate violence. The people of Salmonville, uh, that, remember, they were comprised, like, mostly, like, like, people, just, like, j- j- horrific murderers. And, like, women that tried to do math. That was, like, what, one of the worst crimes. So they were living in fear of Cheney constantly. And the fir- first few months in that settlement, they were just hell for them. Cheney had developed a sort of, uh, complex.
6: Day 31, starting to feel like the good I've actually been talking to is actually just a voice in my head. So, I'm God, right?
5: He killed so many people. Uh, fuck me, dude. Rutherford, grab me another uh, bottle from under the couch there.
0: Okay, Lester, again, this is a Zoom call. I, I, I'm not in the same room as you. I can't get that bottle for you.
5: Ah, I know, I know. Uh, say, uh, Ruth... Uh, could you come over? Uh, I'll text you my address. I shouldn't be alone right now.
0: Lester, are you laying on the floor right now? I can't really hear... You know what? Yeah, text me your address. I'm gonna bring you some water. Chaney would not survive the full year. Over time, the settlers grew weary of Chaney's iron-fisted approach to running the town. In the time since Salmonville had been established, they had lost nearly half their population to either starvation or unjust execution. Chaney had never followed through on his promise of a valuable salmon fishing industry and often killed settlers who pointed out that they might have better luck farming. Additionally, Cheney forbid settlers from interacting or trading with neighboring settlements, telling his followers that they were, quote, far too Italian.
5: So everyone in town was real sour at Cheney. by the time winter rolls around. Uh, one night, Cheney passed out after a few too many drinks and uh, chunks of raw uh, squirrel meat. Uh, some settlers realized this could be their only opportunity to kill Chaney, and they chose to do so. He was dragged into this the center of town, still asleep, where settlers took turns stabbing him. And after a while, they started to use his body as like a sort of a, like a marionette, like a big puppet, to mock him. Improv troop from Death's Valley killed that shit, dude. That was like the greatest uh, show that they did. It was like a really good show. It brought the town together. You know, it was really heartwarming. Uh, Anyway, his body was left in town center for like a week or so, and everyone had a chance to mess around with his corpse. It actually became like a a town tradition. People would pick like the biggest outcast in the colony and name him this year's Cheney and then torture him for about a week. Tradition like many of the more brutal traditions of early America died out in the 60s. Cheney's impact
0: on the town remains heavily debated to this day. By all accounts, he had failed completely, and yet... His legacy in Salmonville remained, as he is often used as a character similar to Johnny Appleseed in children's books about the town. Chesterfield Cheney was survived by three sons, though it is impossible to know if any future Cheneys carried the bloodlust for power that Chesterfield did.
5: So uh, once uh, Cheney's gone, I, I mean he wasn't gone, he was in the town still, they just tortured him to death and left him on the, the, the entrance place there uh the town starts interacting with the surrounding colonies you know they, they hated to admit it uh but cheney was right the uh, the colonies are far too uh italian you know just just filled with italian, just spaghetti pedophiles glory you know just all of them The out had options so they had to learn how to live off the land uh from somebody and i guess the italian settlers were their only uh, I guess the Italian settlers—they took ten minutes off of uh, sexually harassing women to help them learn how to plant corn or some shit. Which I mean, like that must have been hard. Like I—I I don't like talking to Italians now. I mean, they, I don't—I don't even consider them human, uh, really.
0: Due to unforeseen circumstances, my interview with Lester Stanby had to be cut short, but he gave me complete access to the Salmonville historical archives. After re-establishing themselves as a farming community, Salmonville began to thrive in the New World. However, most of the town residents resented the labor inherent to this lifestyle. Around this time, the British presence in the New World was being ramped up, The Salmonville colonists, now occupied by British forces, began to give British officers information about the neighboring colonies in exchange for supplies and food. For years, Salmonville undercut America's attempts for independence by helping the British. When the Revolutionary War began, nearly every militiaman from Salmonville routinely sent information to British generals. When it became clear that the USA would win the war, Salmonville double-crossed the British and provided US generals with British secrets in exchange for immunity. Following 1776, Salmonville continued to thrive, though new settlers rarely chose to migrate to the town. The population size in Salmonville today is not much larger than it was in the 1800s. Since its inception, it had always been regarded as a nightmarish town by outsiders. This could very well be a contributing factor to the close-knit community that Salmonville became over the next centuries. The town's historical impact slowed until the Civil War, where Salmonville famously became the first and only territory in the U.S. to both secede from the country with the South and remain part of it with the North. This clerical error was never noticed and allowed Salmonville to routinely sell secrets to the highest bidder. Salmonville had truly established itself as one of the least respectable territories in America's objectively least respectable state, Rhode Island. In the years that followed, industrialization took over America, but took far longer to reach Salmonville. In 1929, the town had yet to industrialize in any significant way. The Great Depression caused the property value in the town to plummet. This would all change upon the arrival of one man, Jeff Lamond. Lamond, a young man who had famously inherited millions from his father, moved to Salmonville with the intention of bringing the town into the 20th century. I spoke with his granddaughter, Beatrix Lamond.
4: My grandfather, Jeff, was the walking embodiment of the American dream. He garnered his wealth the old-fashioned way, by inheriting it from my great-grandfather after being acquitted of his murder.
0: Upon arriving in Salmonville, Lamond bought out 97% of town property within a month. He was the first person to introduce electricity to the town, whose local government had routinely insisted that electricity was, quote, a passing fad, much like the separation of church and state. Legend has it that Lamont won five years' worth of free electricity from Thomas Edison after heavily cheating in a card game.
4: Grandpapa really did turn this town around. After we put the town on the grid, he brought the town right into the 20th century. He built factories, a bowling alley, a hospital that doubled as a meat slaughterhouse, a nuclear plant, and in keeping with town history, a Russian embassy that was never officially reported to the U.S. government.
0: Lamond eventually ran for mayor in 1934, winning in a landslide. He would remain in office for 24 years. During his time in office, he would routinely sign bills into law that allowed him to maintain his monopoly over the town.
4: He was a hero around here. The people loved him. They were really excited about the 27% raise in rent, too. No one ever said that, but Grandpapa could tell. My granddad tapped into the spirit of Salmonville. The people here weren't looking for genuine assistance or opportunity. They wanted to be led. My grandfather became that leader. He employed more than 80% of the town and, in some special cases, gave workers health insurance. He was a staunch anti-union activist, which the town loved because no one here knew what a union was.
0: During World War II, Lamond kept in close contact with the soldiers drafted from Salmonville. He used them to sell information to the Axis powers in return for goods shipped to Salmonville.
4: I resent the implication that Grandpapa assisted the Axis powers. He simply had business relationships in that country, and the fact that Salmonville received a Led Zeppelin and a fleet of Volkswagen police cars during wartime was just an unfortunate coincidence.
0: After stepping down as mayor, Lamond returned his focus to business. He built a television studio, and with the assistance of his fraternity brother, Roger Ailes, started the Salmonville News Network, commonly referred to as SNN.
4: Grandpapa believed in honest journalism, the sort of journalism lost in today's 24-hour news cycle. He knew that for a news organization to be profitable and responsible, he would have to control the facts and narratives that reach the people of Salmonville. SNN was his proudest achievement. He almost lost it in 73 because of the letter writer, but with nothing but grit, determination, and a vast fortune, he kept it running.
0: Lamond would run SNN until his death in 1986, after inadvertently falling off a balcony while hosting a party at his mansion with longtime friend and musician, Eric Clapton. Lamond's legacy would famously come into question in 1973, when he was arrested under suspicion of being the Salmonville letter writer, arresting officer Randy Peterson.
2: Lamond was the first suspect we had in the letter writer case. I remember that arrest pretty vividly. When we got there, Lamond was hosting an orgy. It was pretty impressive, honestly, considering the fact that he was 75 years old at the time. Once we had Lamond in cuffs, I noticed that my first wife, Marlene, was a participant in the orgy. I wasn't sure it was her at first, on account of she was wearing a tribal mask, but I figured it out eventually. You know what they say, the first marriage is always the toughest.
0: Now that we know a little bit about Salmonville, it's time we get to the turning point in the town's history, the Salmonville letters. On June 12, 1973, Salmonville town treasurer, Sally Johnson received a letter with no return address. The letter, threatening in tone, revealed knowledge of Johnson's alleged mishandling of Salmonville taxpayer dollars. Johnson would become the first of many residents in town to receive such letters. Given the small town atmosphere of Salmonville, news spread quickly a town that once was bonded by its distrust of everyone else, was now beginning to turn on each other. While the letters have not yet been made available to the public, it's been widely reported that each letter was analyzed by handwriting experts and linguists, leading the police to conclude that the letter writer acted on their own. Even today, people in town are hesitant to talk about the Salmonville letter writer.
4: The letter writer really poisoned this town, way more than the factories my grandfather built poisoned the air. Those letters nearly took away our sense of community, and the fact that he was arrested hurts me to this day. I'm not sure why this doesn't sink into regular people's thick skulls, but rich people don't commit crime. They don't have to. They're already
2: rich. The letter writer cast a shadow over this town that I don't think ever really went away. I got assigned to this case in 73, and I still haven't gotten to the bottom of it. Now with Malcone dying, I got a whole new batch of questions but no answers, but I'll do anything to catch the bastard. I'd also do anything for a nice woman, willing to put up with an old fool like me, if, if, if you know anybody. After I got back to
0: the hotel on my first night in Salmonville, I was completely captivated. The town, the people, all seemed like codes to be cracked. I knew if I was going to make any type of headway in this investigation, I'd have to earn the town's trust and get access to the letters myself. I contacted my producer to tell him I needed more time.
3: Hey, Rutherford, just got your email. I can extend your stay in Salmonville, but I heard about you hitting that cat. We had to pay that guy off. He says that you sped up.
0: Today, Salmonville looks like any other rural Midwestern town, which is strange because it's located 20 minutes outside of Rhode Island's state capital, Providence. But in a useless, puny state like Rhode Island, Everywhere is 20 minutes away from Providence. Some people in town speak with a strong southern accent, a fact that continues to baffle linguists. In the heart of the town center, a giant statue made in the likeness of Jeff Lemond towers over City Hall. This is one of three monuments erected in his honor throughout the town. The people of Salmonville aren't exactly welcoming, but tomorrow is the annual Beating of the Cheney, and I plan to make myself some friends there. The local newspaper says that this year's Cheney is Robert Spinelli, a local radio host who came under fire for supporting the Green New Deal on his weekly talk show. Unlike the Cheneys before the 1960s, Spinelli will not be killed. Instead, he will be tarred and feathered in the town square after a brief speech from the mayor. Until then, it's time for me to get comfortable in my new penthouse hotel room. It's been three hours since I arrived back to the hotel. Now someone's banging on my door. I'm recording this in the event that something happens to me.
1: Hi! Are you Rutherford?
0: I might be. Depends who's asking.
1: Okay. Look, sir, we've been getting your calls at the front desk, and I came up here to personally inform you that we are a motel and do not offer room service. We are not hiding lobsters from you because we don't trust Irish people. We don't have lobsters. If you keep harassing my staff, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. The
0: air is electric in Salmonville on Cheney Day. People are dressed up in old garb, taking swigs of moonshine, and eating squirrel treats in honor of their town's founder. It's hard to believe that a town could come together for a large party just three days after the death of their reverend, but Salmonville isn't like most towns. I took to the streets with my press pass and began to ask people about the letter writer. Excuse me, sir, sir. Do you have anything to say about the death of Reverend Malconi? Do you think the letter writer's back?
6: I got nothing to say about that man. He's a damn liar and a disgrace to this town. I don't care nothing about no letter writer. That stuff is all in the past. If the writer came back now, it probably wouldn't be as effective as it once was. A lot like that Robocop, that new one, Michael Keaton.
1: Well, our Reverend was a complex man feel sorry for him in that way he must have been so tortured by that secret for so long as far as the letter writer i'm not sure that's a police matter as far as i'm concerned i don't like getting involved in stuff like that today i'm here like everybody else to beat up a defenseless old dj and now i bring up our featured guest and the mayor of our wonderful town mayor henderson
7: Citizens of Salmonville, I am once again honored to be your mayor on the most joyous day of the year. Traditions like Cheney Day bring us closer as a town, and for that I am deeply grateful. You know in progressive times like these, tradition is under attack, but everyone is still really pissed about the Confederacy, so I would venture to guess that we have a few years before Cheney Day becomes a problem. I...
0: I love you, Mr. Mayor. Hey!
7: Shut the fuck up! Who do you think you are? Don't you see that I'm fucking talking? What? Bah! No, I'm- bah! Okay. Bah! You see, don't you hate it when a useless fuck interrupts you? God, if there weren't so many people here, I would have you fucking taken care of! Bitch! God, you're so fucking useless. You know that? Anyway, I'm so happy to be here. The next mayoral election is in 10 days. Don't forget to vote for me, Uncle Henderson. And now, without further interruption from any more wastes of space, it's time to gather your feathers. The tar is going to be dropped in 30 seconds! Robert Spinelli, I sentence you to be tarred in the name of our first leader, Chesterfield Cheney. Please God, no! Don't tar me! I shouldn't be here! I don't support the Great
0: New Deal! I, 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 I was doing a bit! Here was my chance to blend in. I didn't want to, but I knew I had to take it. Mr. Spinelli, you make me fucking sick! Keep that propaganda out of this nice town! Sir,
7: this is a misunderstanding! Do you know how hot tar is? I've never even seen you before!
0: Quit your bitching! I've had enough to hear with you! You're the reason our town has a bad name!
7: Yes, I am! But not for the reasons you think. Wait, stop! Jesus Christ, is that a gun? Oh! oh, oh, You just shot me in the leg! Wow, this guy's getting in the spirit. But now it's time to drop that
0: tar! All of a sudden, I was one of them. The town welcomed me in with open arms after I shot Chaney. At first, I was worried I could be arrested, a fear that was quelled by Randy Peterson.
2: Well, I, I can't say I agree with what you did, Rutherford, but... According to Salmonville Law, all violent crime is legal on Cheney Day. Just makes everything a lot easier on the court.
0: Now that I'd established myself in Salmonville, I began to ask more folks about the Letter Writer. Hi ma'am, excuse me. Uh, I don't know if you recognize me. I just shot a man on stage five minutes ago. I just wanted to see if you had anything to say about the possible return of the Salmonville Letter Writer.
2: Well, I'm not sure, but I hope not.
1: My daddy always told me that the letter writer had to be some sort of sentient being to know all the stuff they seemed to. Those letters ruined a lot of lives, and not in the fun way that we normally ruin lives here. Hey, do you hear Spinelli's skin sizzling?
0: Excuse me, sir. Sorry for interrupting you in your car, but I was wondering if you had anything to say about the possible return of the Salmonville letter writer?
3: Huh? Letter writer? I don't know, man. Look, I have some perks in my van. Do you want me?
0: Now, if you're the sobriety counselor that my dad got me, you'd probably think that I shouldn't get in this man's car. But I'm a dedicated journalist, so I got in.
3: This is good shit, bro, I swear. My Nana's got these terrible back problems, so I've been replacing these with melatonin for years now. Doctors think that the pills aren't working. (laughs)
0: Yes, dude, that is epic. (laughs) I sat in this man's car for hours. I could just tell that he had something that I wanted. Eventually, he gave me some crucial information.
3: Hey, man, you were saying something about the letter writer, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Hey, uh, are these pills supposed to make you feel like bugs are crawling inside of your
3: skin? No idea. I'm seven years sober next month. But, uh, hey, my girlfriend works at the city hall. They keep all the town files there. I bet she could get you access to the letters if you need them. Wait, dude, really? That would be amazing. Is is that even legal? Anything's legal, the price is right. Look, just put your number in my phone I'll call you tomorrow. I gotta go pick up my kid from soccer practice.
0: Oh, really? I I uh <laughs> I thought we'd hang I thought we might hang out a little more. Um I'm kinda I'm freaking out right now. No,
3: man. You just gotta ride this out.
0: You're gonna be okay, Rutherford. You're gonna be all right. Just, 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 let's go back to the hotel and and uh, and and edit. And it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. He's gonna give you the letters. He's a good man. That's a good man you just met. Oh God. Okay, okay, Rutherford. Just just record the outro and and then the pills are gonna wear off. You can lay down and then the pills wear off. but just 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 come on get yourself together. come on. all right. outro. Now that I had a way to get to the letters, my investigation was finally coming together. Next time on the Salmonville Letter Writer, we take a deeper look into the letters that sent this town into a spiral. We'll also talk further with Lester Stanby, Randy Peterson, Beatrix Lamont, and some of the recipients of the letters. There's a mystery here in Salmonville, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Until next time, I'm Rutherford Winchester, and I can see sound with my eyes.
3: Rutherford, it's Jack again. I just got your emails. Are you on pills again? You mentioned Dark Side of the Moon like nine
0: times. Please don't make me regret this thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the salmonville letter writer i'm ben loftus and i write the show i play rutherford winchester and i'm also deep into the pocket of the oil industry i want to give a special thanks to carter Hambly, patrick doran and jamie loftus for helping me figure out how to make a podcast in the first place the cover art for the podcast is done by Haley mulvey For commission work, you can reach out to her on Instagram at Mulvey underscore design. The Salmonville theme is written and performed by Max Schulkopf. You can find him on Twitter at at Carl Maximilian. The cast of episode one includes Caitlin McPhee at McPhee, Al Christakis at Al Christakis, Evan Zygman, who did not appear in this episode, but did still record for it, at Evan underscore made underscore eggs. Jake McDowell at Sewer Teen 69. Alex Lennon-Simon at Sheila Key Bookie. Miles Brennan at Miles Sucks. Jack Hamelberg at Foxy Flapjack. Sarah Fristo at Roden Sheriff. Patrick Doran at Lunch underscore Enjoyer. Jamie Loftus, Jamie Loftus Help. And Carter Hambley at Carter Hambley.